Hey, what's up? This is Dalvin. I'm the managing editor over at the Stony Brook Press, and this is the new episode of the Press Play Podcast. We are currently recording at the Stony Brook School of Journalism's podcasting booth. Hey, what's up? I'm Toon. I'm the culture editor for the Stony Brook Press, and I'm happy to be here. I'm Joe. I'm the features editor, um, all-around content creator. Uh, I dropped a journalism major, but I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Hey, I'm Julia. I'm the music editor. I like Turtlenecks and mm. Childish Gambino. Um, I'm Deanna. I'm also the music editor. I'm Gang. just very excited. <laughs> Word. I've never had uh, anything this nice in my life. We're in like a brand new podcast studio. There's um, a above head light, like in a nice kitchen. The very fancy. The microphones uh, make my vocal fry like not sound bad. <laughs> uh, so that's cool. So what are we talking about today? Wait, we'll start out with like new music this week. Okay, I didn't listen to any of it. Um, <laughs> I listened to a lot this morning. I One song <laughs> from Post Malone's album. I don't really like him, so I, I don't want to. Um, this summer, a girl on a train said I look like Post Malone. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> then, uh, uh, but then, but then, but then she was like, no, it's okay. I, I think he's hot. And hey, I was hey, like, hey, hey, what the fuck? That's a win. Um, but then again, you got to question your like, taste. That's not a good start yeah. to uh, start talking to someone. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I took one look at like the news about his album and uh, heard that he was like doing a listening party sponsored by Bud Light, and I was like, no, <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Oh, he's God. like, he's like the spokesperson. He's like, yeah, they need some exposure. <laughs> he's right. like Stone Cold Steve like Austin, the fifth <laughs> year music Instagram account. Like as a person, mm. that's him. Yeah, uh, it's good that he's giving Bud Light some exposure. You know, they need it. True, they're um, pretty bad. Yeah, it's not a good deal. I listened to the one single he released a couple weeks ago. Circles. Circles. And I kind of liked bop. it. And I was like upset that I liked it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of good, but I don't know. Nah, I listened to the whole album last night when it dropped. And then this morning again through my entire workout, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's an ascension from his last album, Beer Bongs and Bentleys, because where that was a lot of like commercial, like radio friendly music. This is even more so that, but it's palatable in a way. Like, you wouldn't want to say you objectively enjoy it, but you listen to it and you start, like, <laughs> tapping your foot and you're like, crap. Mm -hmm. I only listened to the one with Halsey. That one's good. I think that ha that also features um Future. Yeah, it does. Yeah, he's got some, a lot of features on this album, and I think, like, two or three of them are from Future. And mm -hmm. as opposed to Beer Bongs and Bentleys, where it was mainly just him singing, he picked some good people for this one. Didn't he have Ozzy Osbourne on the song? <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. And people were, like, going off about it, but I don't understand why. Like, Post did um, folk and, like, rock before he did rap and decided that, oh, this is easy enough for me to, like, succeed in, which he did. Yeah. And we hold that against him. That. Like, he used yeah, to be, like, nice. emo, like, screamo, metal. Mm -hmm. Not, like, music that like, he made, but, like. His tattoos are remnants of that. Yeah. I think, that, think that's, like, a pretty... Regular phenomenon, though. Yeah, um, because the rap and hip-hop art form and culture has been cheapened to the point where anybody could get in. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's a good thing because it's super inclusive. Hip-hop is the most influential culture there is. Like, yeah. if you want to argue that, you could do so. I'll probably, I could write a thesis it about it. It pretty much is, like, m music culture right now. Yeah, like, I mean, I think it's, like, the way, uh, like, if you were, like, a dumb asshole in 2006 you would apply to be on, like, a reality TV show when that was, like, at its peak. Yeah. And now I think people just, oh, to get just start really making music. You just start as a rapper and then become, like, a whole brand. Exactly. Like, yeah. like yeah. Lil Pump's a rapper, but he's really a meme first and foremost. It makes yeah. me so mad um, that they, like, he's, like, a contemporary to, like, of mine. young kids, <laughs> mm -hmm. like, knowing, like, that's, like, who's going to make them blow up mm -hmm. and, like, accept, like... It's a lot of suburban white kids whose parents have deep pockets 
deep yeah. enough pockets to have their kid be front row at the garden. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's insane to me. But that's the demographic they hit every time. And Post Malone, that's his appeal. Like, he perf- he had he went on tour this past summer, and I saw, like, all the snap stories of it. Looked like it was a great show, but those who did have the floor seats were nowhere near as animated as those who were grateful to just be there, but were in, like, Section 304. Mm-hmm. Remember the when he came here? <laughs> Oh, yeah, he was here he just, at Sony. I think his whole, like artistic direction or like what he looks like just doesn't like his whole like aesthetic i guess doesn't match his music at all he's a walking misnomer <laughs> yeah he's mm-hmm. a human misnomer he's he's it's strange in that what, way what would you even call his fashion style i, I, I literally don't I, understand because like, sometimes he looks like he just smells like he looks like he smells like mcdonald's he looks like he smells like pee he has <laughs> he has yeah he has this very like dilapidated like looks like he style. just woke up like yeah after being blacked out for like three days mm-hmm. Doesn't and then you'll see is. girls replying to his photos on Twitter like "marry me" or like "I'm and there's pregnant." Like a, there's like a culture for that. Like, I'm pregnant. There's, there's, music, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's music that like matches that aesthetic, but it just he doesn't make that type of music. He makes very jovial like summer trap palette mm-hmm. rap. Like, <laughs> and another thing is, as much as we're saying all of this about him, if you see interviews with Post Malone. He seems like one of the most chill, down-to-earth guys. Like, I'd want to sit down and talk to him. Like, I'd probably get along with him in real life if I knew him. That's probably true. He yeah. did also call, um, if Lewis is here, he could go off on it. This, <laughs> this writer, Jeff Weiss, wrote, like, this whole Washington Post takedown of him, which is kind of mm. extra, but it was also really funny. And I think Post Malone's death. <laughs> I think Post Malone's dad called him a cuck on Twitter. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> which is like... How do you even know what that means? Like, I don't know, man. Yeah. Also, Post Malone moved to L.A. because his best friend from high school was like a Let's Play YouTube gamer guy and got famous and bought a mansion. And that's like how he was able to move to L.A., which honestly is kind of like I'd rather that than like rich parents. It's kind of funny, honestly, that that's why he uh was able to like get inside the culture because his friend you know did trick shots on call of duty or whatever like honestly you love to see it uh what else came out this week brockhampton yeah uh brockhampton uh you might know them as a uh, wu-tang clan for uh, <laughs> for um their oh, no. wu-tang clan for kids who had a 8 30 p.m curfew until they were 20 <laughs> years old mm. um and i'm just kidding they're good well i'm not kidding about that but they are good they're they really had a good. had ginger that just came out yeah yeah talk about that it was Okay, I didn't really like it at first, but the more I listen to it, the more it grows on me. I kind of like it for background noise while I'm mm-hmm. cooking or like just doing something. But <laughs> there's a couple good songs that like stand out. Boy, bye. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was pretty good. It is definitely different from Iridescence. Mm-hmm. Very different. You uh, can feel that like communal like energy in their music like. Their their musical direction is so eccentric, and it's mm-hmm. like every song sounds like a mix of like seven seven different people's ideas. Yeah. <laughs> you can f- you can feel that the music was made in like a communal home. That the I don't know if they still live in LA like that or that's their lifestyle <laughs> still. But like, oh yeah, the fact the fact that there's such a large group is pretty impressive. Like especially these days when s- like being a solo rapper is like I don't even know how many of them there are. I know like the main like five or six, mm-hmm. but the like people <coughs> behind the scenes like. There could be like 
200 of them and yeah, I, I would believe you. I think like they have like their designers who are part of it. They're like equipment yeah. guys. It, it is like a very interesting a, group like um, demographic yeah. wise. They have a whole collective, yeah. Of yeah. People from just very, like, very kaleidoscopic in terms of like skill sets that everyone has. Like, Yeah, and it's cool because like this is pretty well documented, but they met on a Kanye West fan forum. Yeah. Kanye really? Tilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's oh. talked about a lot. Um, Kanye Tilla, it was a Kanye West fan, like, message board, but it sort of just became, like, the main rap discussion message board. And, yeah, they met by, like, DMing each other, which is super weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kevin Abstract's name was Harry Styles, like, his screen name. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's, um, that's so Gen Z. Yeah, I know. I that's saw so them that. last October or November. It was all white boys who looked the exact same. They had, like, the cuffed pants, like, the vans. And, mm-hmm. like, four seconds in, I swear to God, I got, like, punched straight in the face. Like That's yeah. mosh pit culture. Come on. Yeah, when did rap music become, like, uh, Travis mosh Scott. pit? Yeah. Uh, fu- uh, future, probably. Ah, <laughs> uh, future. Yeah. Travis yeah. Scott. Things like that. Nah, but we had, like, DMX and shit, like, in the 90s. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. True, but... See him at Woodstock 99 <laughs> doing Rough Riders Anthem to, like... And they had that new metal area. million people. Every white <laughs> person <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> if anything, it's surprising that rap... Rap is kind of softened up in that sense. Like oh, it's one hundred percent soft. Soft boy rap. No, yeah, Sorry, like it, it's always it's 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 now cool to rap over twinkly beats mm-hmm. and like it's it's like not as bass and drums heavy. It's like melodic. It's cat people sing. Like Young Thug made it cool to put inflections in your voice. Like when Lifestyle dropped in like two thousand thirteen, no one everyone was, everyone was like, "This is horrendous." Like away <laughs> from me. Like no, like I don't want you to sing. I don't want I don't want melodic vocals. I don't want any of that. Like people, it was like keep that gay shit away from me. And then now, and like that's another thing because now a, ba- a baby voice thing is like the thing, like little yeah. key, little key, little baby, like they all do, they all do it. Playboy Cardi, yeah, Playboy Cardi, probably perfected it. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, young, oh God, young Thug's probably like the most influential, one of the most influential rappers. Oh the yeah, past like five years. Totally, so much fun, so much fun. Like showed that with all the features. Mm-hmm. Those are the, like the the features on an album feel like he's there's children. <laughs> like he, he literally he fathered like he fathered this this subgenre of rap basically like in terms of like vocal inflection. Oh, that's so true because every feature that he had, everybody that was featured, they tried to match his style of rapping, exactly. like his vocal inflections. But none of them did it as well as he did. So it just came off like Young Thug twice, but one was not as good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who doesn't like the wailing sound of Young Thug's voice though? Just like like his ad libs too. It's like here and like <laughs> <laughs> or sucky. like it's so. But then his speaking voice is like way low. Like he talk yeah. like this, talk like this. Got like the accent. I always like imagine like people like recording songs and like recording those like weird little the sounds yeah. like for the second track. It's it's really interesting how he like kind of cultivated that like scene. Like I don't know if any of you guys know who Saw Baby is. Sounds yeah. vaguely familiar. He literally he came out or he came out around like twenty fifteen ish, and like he he has a song with Young Thug called "Pull Up with a Stick," and like he his voice is the exact same as Young Thug's, and like after that, like Lil Keed and like all these and like Gunna, they're all signed to YSL, like who's which is Young Thug's label, and like they all sound like him, like everybody sounds like him now. Which is which is insane because a few years ago, like it would have been considered completely like left field to like get on a, a soft twinkly beat and start like screaming or sing not screaming or like wailing like that or like singing or putting or like even singing in like any type of high register or or like changing your f- even even the even the idea of like changing your flow mid verse mm-hmm. 
or like putting a hook in your in the middle of your verse. Like it used to be just straight lyrical. Like I want bars, but now it's like yeah, there was like a um, archetype for how a rap song was supposed to go. Right. And when people stepped out of it, they were either clowned for it or they were revered because they did it well. But not a lot of people knew how to do it well. So every time it right. happened, it was kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, this it's is almost new. like rap became more musical in a way. It had to. It had yeah. to because. As much as we've moved away from like the boom bap type of stuff, where you'll see some guys like, "Oh, that's real rap." Yeah. I'm like, "Shut <laughs> up!" Like, it's not, re- it's not any realer than like Troy Ave. Yeah. Oh, it's so annoying because every single, t- and I'm gonna bring this back to, uh, I'm gonna bring this to Tyler the Creator because I think he's a perfect example of that and like his evolution musically from when he first put out like Yonkers and Goblin. Right. It was all this hard hitting stuff, but mm-hmm. if you listen. He's still using these beautiful, like, major seventh chords and minor seventh chords and, like, augmented chords. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't as in-your-face as it is, as it was on Flower Boy Mm -hmm. or on Igor. Like, he's been doing this for the longest time and has been out about it, like, just saying it, like, letting people know. But his persona expanded. It just reached much farther than any of his musicality did. Like, it captured more of um, the public's eye. He was banned from two countries. Mm -hmm. And then, like, corporations dropped him. He, and he put out the tweet um, in the interview that he put on with The Face, I think is the name of the magazine. He was like, I was canceled before it was cool. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like imagine, Yeah, imagine being banned from a whole continent. Yeah, he, whole was, he was continent, yeah. He was analog like canceled. Hard. He wasn't even digital canceled. Oh he was analog canceled. It's funny <laughs> because you mentioned like the boom bap thing. Uh, Tyler Creator said in an interview that he made the Yonkers beat in 10 minutes because he was trying to make fun of New York rap. See? Oh my, yeah. See? That's what I'm He's saying. He's capable so, of so much better. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like it's not like that style of production is very complex anyway. It's it is it's, it's a couple chords and it it's, it's a baseline that's like two notes and it's dun, like dun, 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 I think dun, dun, I think Tyler the Creator is actually like a perfect like symbol for like the evolution of rap music as a whole because he started off with that kind of boom bappy mm-hmm. and like where the production the mel- like it was melodically like nuanced in a very like tiny like nuancey way mm-hmm. but then like now his Igor like that came out like that is all focused on like arrangement structure and like nice overall musicality and like um, and like the jazz influence and like he, he even has like a jazz album in the works I think and like a, a yeah he was album. just casually he's like yeah I may or may not drop one like and that's someday. what I'm saying like producers back in like the 90s like Timbaland and stuff like you just throw you just throw like a some hard-hitting like drums and some congas mm-hmm. or something and like some like Egyptian sample. Like but even with him, you know that song by Fat Joe was like, yeah, with that like it's just like a quick sample. But then like now you have like Pierre and producers that are like like are so focused on like the like chord structure and like like just like like melodies and layering and all this like crazy production technique that wasn't even considered in like the early days of rap. Yeah, it Tyler Crater is interesting because. I feel like I like watched him grow up in real time because mm-hmm. I was like a rowdy like skater teen <laughs> back when like they first came out, and um, I've I think I've said this before, but I was at like Earl's first concert in 2012. What? And um, it's funny because that's the a m- time capsule. The moment uh, Earl came out, everyone's hands went up, and some dude like accidentally punched me <laughs> in the eye. <laughs> And my contact fell out, so I had oh, to watch man. the rest of the concert like this. Like, I didn't even really know what he looked like. The dude was, like, super apologetic. He was like, do you want me to help look for it? I'm like, what are you talking about? We can't even see up, the ground. It's, a, con- the it's a contact. Like, yeah, sure. Let's disinfect it. I just think he, like, didn't know what to say. And you really do feel like you, you watched him, like, grow up mm-hmm. in real time. Because um, he was always, like, super connected to his fan base. Like, I was mm-hmm. just saying before, he would... um 
he had a form spring account which is like ask fm or oh curious cat or something and I he would like the deepest mm-hmm. part of my Earl? <laughs> like 20 t- oh no tyler in 2010 people fought in my school over ask fm <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's um, real yeah and he would like he was always like really responsive to fans like telling his influences to them and things like that and you could always see that like he was a very like deeply intelligent and creative person mm-hmm. Kind of like, because, you know, they exploded to fame off of, like, Tumblr. Like, it was basically yeah. an accident. And he had, like, a persona that he had to he had to keep up yeah. for most of his career. And it's only when he... Re- same yeah. thing with Earl, yeah. It's only with, like, the most... Uh, with Tyler, respectively, Flower Boy. And then with Tyler... Um, with um, Earl, what was the Earl, album? Um, some rap songs. Some rap songs. Yeah. Like, it was only with those albums where you saw them, like evolve and assume a role is like all right i'm an adult i'm not yeah. just this image that i created for myself because right. they accidentally found that and they were only known for that so they had to wear this mask the whole time mm-hmm. but a song like garden shed bro yeah tyler himself has said this is the greatest thing i've ever created and <laughs> no words can describe when i first heard that album and that <laughs> song i was like this this can't be the same guy that released Cherry Bomb. I know. Yeah. It was the like same Cherry way. Bomb wasn't yeah. horrible, but it was just so spliced and diverse in sounds and had it sounded like a playlist put together by someone who just had no concept. It was like an alien put together a playlist. They had no concept of like human music and what should go together and what shouldn't. <laughs> but like individually some of the songs stood out like Smuckers is a great mm-hmm. song. It has Lil Wayne and Kanye on it, jazz chords on it. Mm-hmm. Like, but it just didn't work. But Flower Boy, every time I've listened to it, I can't help but listen to it the whole way through. It's a narrative. Yeah, I remember when Cherry Bomb came out. Like, yeah, it wasn't like great, and it was super fucking loud, like the entire way mm-hmm. through, on um, purpose. <laughs> but like, I remember thinking like some of the stuff he did with like um, the chord arrangements and the like instrumentation. I was like, oh, this is like really interesting. Like the first song. Which is called like Death Camp, which like yeah, you know Death he Camp. still wasn't out of his like Edge Lord phase, but like <laughs> I remember it has like like the beat. I don't know if you remember, but like at the end it has like the dun 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 dun. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's really interesting, and I hope like people give him a chance with whatever he puts out next, and um, they did, but it like didn't even sound anything like. Yeah, that he either. took a hiatus, like a much smaller one than Frank Ocean, but he took basically took a hiatus like yeah. the same way Frank did. And just kind of not necessarily closed himself off to the world because he still had golf going and everything like with his fashion and shoes. He spoke about how he used to work with Vans, but then they screwed up. So he ended up working with Converse and they're doing great now. But he took a break to himself and just mm. put together this piece. And during the whole time, he documented it on a private Instagram that he then opened to the public. Yeah. I think not long after the album dropped. And I went back and I looked at all the videos of him like putting together the songs and when songs finally came together. When he was recording Frank Ocean's Chirp Chirp verse on um nine one one slash Mr. Lonely Boy. And it's just such a beautiful tale. Like people really don't give I think now Tyler's getting the flowers he should have gotten before, but it couldn't happen any other time but now. It makes the most sense now based on what yeah. he's done. And like the narrative around the album, like I listened to Deconstructed and there's an interview I, I don't remember what interview it was, but there's a clip of him saying like, "Oh, if th- I knew that if this next album wasn't good, I'm fucked." Like, oh yeah, this was his uh, "My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy." That's the analogy. Yeah, I'm yeah, make. and like, it was all or nothing. So like, knowing that like he put all that pressure on himself and made that like, it's honestly worthy of like a movie. <laughs> it, <laughs> like, he wants to do film scores. That's that's mm-hmm. something he's into. He's his mind is. 
Well, insane. I'm, I'm saying like that yeah. story is like I would watch like a film about that, like a biopic about Tyler, but like a biopic about like that time in his oh life. that time in his life. Got you. Got like you, they got had you. a biopic about like how Brian Wilson made Pet Sounds for the Beach Boys, and like they yeah, it yeah. started off they were already famous. So it was just uh -huh. about him making that album. I would totally do, watch that for Tyler the Creator. Same. Yeah. Um, what else came out recently? Not rap. Melanie Martinez came out with a new album the today. The Lana Del Rey album too. Oh, the Lana Del Rey album so good. Norman fucking Rockwell, Norman right? Norman fucking yeah. Rockwell, yeah. She you really, man child. She went off. Yeah. She really. Who is he and why did he hurt her so bad? Norman Rockwell's yeah. a writer, a author, a painter, painter, a painter. No, he can was you a tell writer. I don't listen to Lana? Uncultured. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, cancel. No, cancel me. No, the, the, Norman Rockwell is definitely an author. No, he was a painter. He painted like all these like post World War II like propaganda basically yeah. for the United Norman States. Norman Percival Rockwell was an American author, painter, and oh, illustrator. Painter. Oh shit! There look was a Pitchfork article about it was her her album being like kind of like a thesis on American culture. Yeah, mm. and I don't. When you said like who hurt her, she, I don't think she's talking about Norman Rockwell in that in that she's talking Got about because he was like a big American like culture. She's figure. talking about American men. Overall, I think mm. like yeah. there's one line where he says your poetry is bad and you blame the news. That sounds like every, <laughs> that sounds like every like college age white guy. Like that's like that's like social socially liberal, but physically conservative or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Basically, like, <laughs> that makes sense because Norman Rockwell. Yeah, what he's most known for is he did all these like New Deal propaganda posters right. for FDR mm -hmm. um, yeah. that all depicted like some like photogenic white American family like That's serving like a big ass turkey dinner wow. or something. so he's yeah. responsible for most of the shit I saw in my 8th grade social <laughs> studies text yeah no yeah. basically yeah that's crazy and <laughs> like on like Venice bitch and stuff like she, talk, she talks she talks about like these grand places I in love America. that title yeah. <laughs> she's, talk, she's talking it's about like little Venice bitch She's like oh, she's like showcasing like how grand American culture is, but how empty it actually is. Like, mm -hmm. and it's cool. How hollow, how hollow American culture like is. Like the picture of the American dream versus what, right? Like, 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 like how 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 is. our culture, how like materialism is like the core of our like culture, like that culture they tried to cultivate in the fifties, mm -hmm. like that whole like American dream, nuclear family, like suburbia, the, like like articulate Levittown, like articulate our materialism through like just like i don't know like and trying to glorify the middle yeah. class only to have them still be struggling till today right till this day yeah it's interesting that's always kind of been her aesthetic right yeah, like yeah. the american like kind of yeah i don't know that that era like that like a whole like sepia tone like yeah kind of vibe. it always yeah. has been um that's cool she did um get really angry at a critic on twitter yeah they and that was really just, funny like she's mm. creating like a fake personality yeah and yeah uh, I mean, I would, if I was an artist, I'd be pretty offended. It's one thing to insult the integrity. art, but, like, don't attack the artist's character. Yeah, you could not like it and say why you don't like it, but, like, I don't know, it's kind of come for her, like, That's character. Crazy. Yeah, and, some like, music writers are really on, on... Some people get <laughs> off to that, though. Yeah. They're like, ooh, I got their attention. No, yeah, it's not one big that, piece. That's, that's one part they of They tweeted it. at me. Like, bro, some music writers are, like, particularly too ego egoistic, though. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, like, people in media um, have, like... This is going to sound like so like cliche, but like they never loved high school in the sense that they think <laughs> of everything as reflecting like a social group and social standing right. and they just project that onto everything. Exactly. So it's like, oh, Lana Del Rey. Oh, she was like all like the pretty girls in high school who like tried to act alt, but were really like, you know, like whatever. whatever. Exactly. And because um, they have a platform, they, they feel think, like they can yeah. say this and then they get enough people to agree with them. And you have people like Perez Hilton. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Or like. You know, people who hate, like, um, I don't know, who's, like, a really popular artist? like a, Who's, like, a popular male artist? Like Kanye. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, or like people who hated like Mac Miller because like the oh, kids yeah, they yeah, hated yeah, yeah, like yeah. Mac yeah. Miller, which was yeah. me in high school. <laughs> but so before I, I started liking Tyler him. the creator in high school because I was afraid of like the Odd Future Boys in my yeah. school. <laughs> I was one of those guys who was scared oh. of the Odd Future it, it's, Boys. It's too. hard to separate. Like, Why would you eat a cockroach, man? It's hard to separate an artist from their demographic. Yeah, but yeah. It's especially when their demographic it's, it's, is super it's very, It's something that should be separated because it's not always like. No. I mean, there and are artists that directly pander to the to a demographic, but like yeah. there are many artists them who like, can't control like their fans. No. You know? and like all fan bases are annoying. Yeah, like, yeah, everyone. all of them, yeah. all, especially and the Beehive. And that's just that's just something that like you just have to deal with yeah like it's fine people get like very attached to like their cultural icons yeah. like people the it's very, stan okay. culture, culture. yeah like like bts yeah okay oh any, BTS, bts is terrifying I'm, I'm gonna tell y'all i'm right so now. scared they're terrifying of getting k-pop yeah. <laughs> like any large group that attaches their identity to like being a stan is you know, um, or like being a fan. I grew something. up thinking liking One Direction was a personality trait. That's what I'm <laughs> like, so I thought liking relate, Justin Bieber know. would make me gay at one point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, then I was singing like somebody to love in the shower, and I was like, you know what? Fuck y'all. This dude is fire. Oh Until he said he dropped the hard R's several times, <laughs> oh. and then I was like, wait, what? You better. Yeah, you didn't see there, that? There's a back the videos that came up where he sang some like racist song from the south, and then. The one about the chainsaw is like, what does the chainsaw say to the black guy? And, and he's, he's like, run. And, and, or and then I was like, oh, Bro. yeah. And he just like oh wrote this God. whole big thing on his Instagram saying he's like was on drugs and he, how it's yeah, hard being he's a like, I don't star. remember Man. those years. It was so hard. Every artist does drugs. Man. I'm at a church <laughs> in Australia. I gave my life to God. I'm married. <laughs> Everyone has their, their substance. At least Britney shaved her head. Like we could clearly see it. Y'all, y'all would just remain assholes visually. That's wild. Yeah, in 2011, like, the most popular kind of, like, like try-hard masculinity teenager post on, like, Facebook or Twitter Justin would be, Bieber like, yo, dude, I swear to God, if I ever saw Justin Bieber, I'd fuck him up. And it's I'd like, punch okay. him right in the face with a stupid-ass <laughs> yeah. bowl yeah. cut. It's like, okay. okay. <laughs> like, he's, like, 13. He's, like, yeah, super exactly. young. He's yeah. a little kid. They're just mad because girls in middle school had crushes on him and not them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, girls like the Bieber cut and, like, the puffy, yeah. the puffy like, vet, like, shoulder armless whatever sweater vest thing me as a young black male <laughs> could not identify top, with justin bieber so it frustrated me a little bit i was like can i don't have about, any can young we talk black about how bad fashion was for a while yo i have some photos <laughs> oh i could show y'all because i got what my happened? facebook what when happened? i was nine i've like, got visual proof uh, i'm gonna like, say like 2004 to like 2000 yeah, like oh way. south pole yeah. <laughs> South Pole, like Echo, DC, Jenko. I'm not sure if like the mid 2000s even happened. Triple XL shirts I've on purpose. I've it all out. <laughs> it completely. Yeah, this shit is wild. Why would you get pants that aren't your waist size on purpose and then just bunch them up in your belt? Why? <laughs> people, Why? people always want to fetishize like the not fetishize. What's, what's a romanticize like the um. Like Angelina Jolie's and like like of the late '90s and like mm -hmm. the early 2000s culture, like Britney Spears. Like you always see people like 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 Tumblr mood boards of like that early. Culture, <laughs> they, early. They, they ignore the rest. It was the yeah, 2000s. It's just like, specific <laughs> points that we like. It's it's that it's that nostalgia, just cherry picking like the good. I saw a tweet the other day that said America really tried to convince us all that Jennifer Aniston is the most beautiful woman <laughs> in the world, and I'm never getting over it. And now that I think about it, she's like an she's eight. She's pretty. Like she's she gorgeous and everything, but like compared to some others, I don't understand why we went so crazy over her. She is still maybe amazing. Because, maybe because and gorgeous, amongst, the like, amongst the friends cast, she was just the hottest. The hottest she really, she really was. <laughs> yeah, she was. If they hear this podcast one day, like y'all all still cute, but 
Jennifer was Hello, Jennifer Aniston. If you hear this, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> also, fuck your I show. I'm pretty show. sure y'all are the sucks. reason why the Get Down isn't on Netflix anymore. They said it was too expensive, but then they paid y'all bullshit ass show a hundred million or whatever to, to keep, keep it on crazy. just for people to see it for what? the 14th time. Grow I still haven't up. seen the whole show. Watch never will. Yeah, watch show. another fuck show, you fucking child. Who watches The Office more than once? Grow up. I know. If you were born after 2002 and The Office is one or Friends is one of your favorite shows, you have no personality. You probably weren't vaccinated either. I saw a tweet this morning that said, like, guys, stop attacking The Office. It's universally funny. The office is like when a fat guy falls on the stairs and like farts like farts when he lands. Like it's universally funny. I was like, I don't know about that. It says, I don't it says know. a lot about you. Yeah. It says a lot about them. I don't think the office is universally a funny thing. No. <laughs> I think the, the humor is actually pretty niche, honestly. When I was little, my parents used to watch it and I'd be like, What the fuck are you watching? This is like kinda sad. But I like hate yeah. I hate Jim. Cause like it's like Monday eighty humor. Like all he was was like some like smug slacker who like spent all his time like torturing Dwight, who's some guy who's obviously supposed to be like autistic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's like yeah, was definitely on the spectrum. It's like yeah, you're fu- really fucking cool with, with your bowl cut, you piece Every of shit. Every time I see someone's like uh, bio on like Twitter, Instagram, it says Bears beats Battlestar. Whatever Battlestar Galactica, I immediately Something block like them. I block them. Every person That's I've good. seen a Dunder Mifflin T-shirt, oh I want a drop kick. I've been seeing a lot of people wearing the Friends logo T-shirt. It's disgusting. Is this is this the senior class before mine used culture? it as part of their T-shirt. Is this white culture? <laughs> I mean, yeah. that is that an oppression? Yes. Oh my god! Yesterday in class, there was a girl sitting next to me who had a Friends shirt on, and I was like, oh my god, like. I think I've it's had. I've had someone in every class. Like I'm taking five classes, fifteen credits. I've had someone in every class I saw with the Friends logo T-shirt. Oh my mm. god! <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? Like it wasn't even like the logo. It says like, oh my god, what did it say? They don't know that we know that they know. I think, but it had like the logo underneath. Very bad. Okay, uh, good first segment. Sort of talking about new music. And like a lot of other things. Yeah. And <laughs> analyzing Tyler, the creator's whole career. Oh, but what I was going to say, Melanie Martinez. Snow Allegra, didn't she, she release um, yeah. those, ugh, those feels? That is a really good album because it makes, um, it's a, like it's just like the whole theme of the album is like a desperation, like pining for a lover, but it makes it like a not corny. It's, it's a very sophisticated um, like take on love. It's mm. almost like if you listen to like the kind of, the kind of like French jazz that you hear in like the forties. That's like it's like the kind of music you fall in love to, but it's like this honeymoony, like like very sophisticated take on it, rather than it just being like an album where it's like a breakup album, you know, where it's just like you know how like an R and B breakup album just sounds? at Dua Lipa already. Yeah, <laughs> you know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know exactly what like you the mean. Like the very the very the very like sappy, but like not. I don't know. It's 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 like it's saccharine sweet. It, like that type of breakup album is like really saccharine sweet in terms of like how it expresses like the, the feelings, but like this album, the Snow Snow Allegra album is like very sophisticated and poetic, and it's more realistic just, rather than just like cathartically just being like, you know, like pining about a lost love. Some of them sound like just a nagging child, just yeah. complaining and being mad that that's they were what broken I'm saying. With. It is it just very like childish in the way that it talks about breakups i guess but this this album i don't know i expected that kind of feeling from it but like it, w- it it like completely took me for a turn in terms of that like it was just it's just very like it's no like, allegris album like, doesn't burn it's your like shit R&B, it's like r&b for adults yes <laughs> regular r&b's for kids <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> 
The B stands for babies. <laughs> R and baby. Rhythm and baby. <laughs> yeah, the, the weekend singing about cocaine is uh, for babies, I think. 100%, man. Definitely. And now we're going to take a break and play George Benson, Give Me the Night from 1980. I mean, technically a summer song because it came out in June of 1980. So It's all relative. Yeah, it actually did. Probably. So, Let's yeah, roll with that. Yeah, song of the summer like 30 years ago. Let's roll with that. <laughs> song of a summer. Yeah, yeah word. Word, exactly. Loopholes. Give me the night. Give me the night. Give me the night. 
we're back. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> George Benson. He was a child prodigy. Oh yeah. A jazz a jazz guitarist. He used to play with he used to play gypsy style jazz guitar with like a hand resting technique that was like completely like unorthodox to like mod like American jazz players, which is pretty interesting. And Zach Fox made us made like that song, he just put a gunner verse over it and it fits perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I love that along with um interpolations of the song September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. Where they'll just set that instrumental to any rap song and then it just matches. Like, when certain songs or videos match the tempo, oh, beautiful. Like, Uptown Girl set to the LMFAO Party Rock <laughs> Anthem video is beautiful. But it's actually interesting, though, because the fact that, like, it's that Gunniverse, not even just, like, it sounds like it's a real song. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like it was manipulated or, like, collaged in the way that it is. But, like... It, it's interesting because it shows how like much like trap production now is like, informed by like funk. It's mm -hmm. it's dancier in, in terms of that and like like the flows and like the kind of s like scatting I guess like yeah. like ad libbing is like really like in like funk yeah ad lib ad libbing is low level scatting that's yeah. what it is yeah uh, we should get to our topic for this week's show now um, it is a, like a specifically shitty day out right now yeah but great. Um, we are <laughs> discussing our songs of the summer today. Uh, songs so that were released over the summer. Yeah, songs that were released from, like, broadly speaking, May to now. Um, that is the song of the summer. It doesn't matter if it feels summery or not. Uh, mine definitely doesn't. So <laughs> I'll start off. Mine was um, Sanctuary by Joji, um, which is a very, like, somber song. It's kind of like a Beach Boys song in that it's, like, a sad song about being happy. It's, like, the lyrics are very, like like normal love song stuff um you know about like souls and mm -hmm. you know all that bullshit but like he sings it in such a way like if you know joji has a way where he kind of he croons he doesn't really he sing. croons yeah he like barely opens his mouth because he's fried his vocal cords from filthy frank, his <laughs> filthy frank days. like he's only recently recovered kind of like i, I want i really i don't know i I don't even know what he would sound like live. I, I, I think he's still, like, a genuinely good singer. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's hard to project your voice like that to a concert full of people. Yeah, I've only seen one video where he successfully sang the high notes in Slow Dancing in the Dark. Yeah. Every other one, he just puts the mic to the crowd because <laughs> God knows he can't sing those notes unless he yeah. just lowers it and goes down the octave. So, yeah, Joji, he was known as a YouTuber named Filthy Frank who I thought was, like, kind of dumb. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I just, like, didn't get it or whatever, but it seemed like it was made for, like, 12-year-olds. Yeah, it was very lowbrow comedy. Yeah, which is, like, that's fine. They need something to laugh at, I guess. Um, and he's not, like, a straight-up Nazi like most YouTubers, so that's pretty good. <laughs> Hot take, spicy, <laughs> spicy. Um, but, yeah, his reband as, like, the R&B singer, I was, like, very taken aback by because he's super charming in interviews. Um and uh, his first LP, Ballads One, was pretty good. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I chose it for the song of summer. So, yeah, definitely. And we'll play that later on in the show. So that was mine. Um, what about everyone else? I'll go. I changed. I originally said my song of the summer was Boy Bye by Brockhampton. But I changed my mind because I listened to this one song, like, every day throughout the summer, Bags by Claro, which was the single, the, le fire. the lead single from her debut album. Um, I thought it was the best song from the album, honestly. It's sad, kind of, about, like, breaking off, like, this relationship with this girl she was seeing. Mm -hmm. And, it's like, the main line is, like, walking out the door with your bags. And, I don't know, I just thought it Damn. was good. It was sad. I liked it. 
Um, with her bags, though, that's that's crazy. It was sad. I liked it. It was sad. Really <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you guys had a sad summer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, my Did my you, summer. The new Warp Tour is called Sad Summer Fest. New I honestly had a sad summer yeah. too. I, I, sad I mean, summer fest. Sad you guys, do you guys think yeah. it's in the, do you guys think it's in the stars? Do you guys think it's astrologically related? Um, um what's your sign? To be honest, <laughs> I'm a Gemini. Mood. Oh, two <laughs> sides. Gemini, two sides. We got Cancer. four Geminis in here. That's four Geminis. That's eight people. <laughs> Jesus, y'all lucky. My mom's a Gemini, and I yeah. like her. Y'all are cool. I'm so My mom's a Gemini too. It's very Jeez. crazy. How do y'all function? <laughs> I cannot believe my mom's a Gemini. My sister's a Cancer. Oh, I think I think universally baby. amongst all <laughs> Gemini's I've met, I think universally they also have really fast minds. Yes, like, they all do. Kind of yes. yeah. Gemini. Yeah. What's your sign, Joe? Virgo. Of course, that makes noise. Sense. That makes a lot of sense. You are a Virgo that. Uh, yeah, Is most people Virgo are going to hear right this. Now? I like I like Virgos. I like Virgos for the most part. Yeah, the most part. Vir- I don't Virgos know any like super, super shitty Virgos. I never met a lazy Virgo. Like True, their work ethic is eight out of ten to <laughs> ten out of ten. Right eight, eight, out of, eight out of ten sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, eight out of ten. But then, like, if they have to bust their ass, they're doing the utmost. They're going above True. and beyond. Yeah, that sounds right. Hey, Julia, what's your sign? <laughs> I'm a Leo. Oh, that's separate. But I. Whenever I say that, some people are like, that makes perfect sense. Right. I'm like, <laughs> some of the shit that's attached to Leo's, I'm like, please stop, stop. Like, I'll read the Twitter replies, and I'm like, I don't identify with any of these pompous pricks. Like, mm-hmm. I just happen to be born within this time but period. This, the, pompousness isn't bad. It, it, yeah, it's, it's not it, bad, it's, but, it's like, stigmatized. it borders on hubris at times. And yeah. I'm like, bro, y'all oh, are Leo's gross. Leo's love no. themselves. I love myself, but I'm not about to tell y'all and force you to love me. <laughs> That's my thing. Yeah. I get bullied for being a Gemini. <laughs> That's not even fair. My friends are all like, fuck you. Ge- Gemini is the one I hear people talk shit about the most. The most and they're like, yeah. oh, you two-faced yeah. bitch. And I'm like, oh, like, I mean, sorry. Because Geminis are like shady almost. Con- like. Kanye, is a Gemi- <laughs> Kanye is a Gemini. Um, Kendrick Lamar is a Gemini. Uh, so I have the Prince same birthday as James Charles. Um, Donald oh, Trump. I'm so sorry. Don't say that out loud again. <laughs> a lot of really I'm <laughs> older than him. I'm the better. The better May 23rd. I think baby. I think one of the Paul brothers is a Gemini. Ew. Oh um, God. Uh, Donald com- Trump's a Gemini. Com- <laughs> oh what? Yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind. Macklemore. <laughs> same love. Anyone else? Song of the summer. Gemini's are really eccentric. I'm just looking at that. But <laughs> word. Julia, what was your song of the summer? My song of the summer originally was going to be I Think off of Igor because the transition into that song is phenomenal and yeah. the drums and the like Afrobeat influence. It's a direct interpolation of a Nigerian song by an artist whose name I forget. I watched, I listened to like dissect podcasts about it and they broke down the whole song, the whole album. But it was originally going to be I Think because... It's such a bop. But then I listen to the lyrics and I'm like, my emotional state doesn't relate to this right now. And I want it to be something I connect with. So I chose instead uh, Cyanide off Daniel Caesar's album, Case Study 01, even though he was being problematic in the fall. And I was mad as hell because I was like, bro, you're just starting to get off the ground. Why the fuck would you go out and try and defend somebody who doesn't even know you like that? It just made no sense. But he released a pretty good album, As Good As Freudian. Debatable depends on who you're talking to, but with the song Cyanide, it's like it's got this like reggae influence. It's super laid back and chill. This whole summer, I yeah. basically worked, and my work schedule is such that I would work late nights, and then I because my sleep schedule is fucked, I would stay up till like two in the morning, sleep, sleep in, and then go to work. Yep, I would so, go to work at like four or five, and then get home at like midnight so i would just be up mm-hmm. for a long time me wake up at like 1 p.m the wake next up day. Eat, and then i'd still rush and somehow be late for work <laughs> at three like i don't oh, know wait. how i did that but i did 
Speaking of that reggae influence, that Rocksteady bass on a song is super sick, but also, this summer I really got into reggae, and can we just talk about how, like, sun-soaked that whole genre of music is? Like, it just so... it's It sounds like a faded book in the back of your car. Ooh. Like, <laughs> Oh, I like that analogy. <laughs> it, it's all, like, it's super, like... Re- it's first of all, it's it, like it's the same exact because like a lot of reggae and like rock city and ska, it's a lot of the just, same chords, a lot of just, the same yeah, like, the same like d- strumming d- patterns d- and everything. Yeah, d- it's a lot of them are just covers of like soul songs from from America, and they use the same instruments, same like Hammond organs and like just regular like jazz guitars. But it sounds so regional for no reason, like just like in this like the style of playing and like I really I really went through like a huge like reggae phase where I was digging into like a lot of older artists like like um. The Heptones and like Johnny Osborne, like all these first wave ska artists that like, mm-hmm. if you go to Jamaica now, like only like older high highbrow people listen to, and like it's just such a summer sounding genre, like mm-hmm. it's it's so it's so like sunny. Yeah, where it borrows its chords from like American pop culture, mm-hmm. it took a lot of its rhythm from a- uh, from Afrobeats. Exactly, it's like the intersection of like West African music and like American. It's almost soul. like geographically, it's kind of in the middle. It is like, it's like <laughs> and then the sound right just there. happens to come out like, like in that. the Caribbean. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to bring up as the next topic, like what makes a good summer song, mm-hmm. and then alternatively, who didn't release anything over the summer that you wish did, because they'd be like Kendrick Lamar, yeah, <laughs> Rihanna. I want a new Lord album. It's been so long. It's been long, didn't she? When was her last one? Like 2017? 2017 or 2016, I think. That's a long time musically because yeah. there are some people who were, who like Brockhampton when they just kept putting That's out saturation yeah. Oh, yeah. like in quick succession, like short albums or like King full Gi- length albums. King Gizzard dropped seven albums in one year. Jesus Christ. Oh my Christ. God. See, that's too much. But like, what? also so sometimes I like want more music. <laughs> like, I like want like a new yeah. album, but then you don't have time to really like absorb yeah. like the one that just came out. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to get to, actually. I, like, I was going to say, like, I wonder if music writing, like, people who cover music, like, mm-hmm. as a beat, like, is, is it getting harder because of that? It is getting content, harder. It is content. getting harder. Because as much as they put out a video, like, oh, this album just came out. Like, there's some music reviewers I know are going to review the Post Malone album. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact the Needle Drop, Anthony Fantano is going to do yeah. it. Shaunty is going to do it. Miami is going to do it. And a few other people are going to do it as well, like Tabby and stuff. But... There are going to be people, be people in the comments like, oh, you missed this album. You missed this album. You, you missed this album. Because yeah. you have to have a, your finger on the pulse to, like, your taste and what everybody else is going to listen to. But there are also going to be niche artists that, like, go under the radar because you weren't paying attention to it. Not because yeah. you don't like that genre or you don't like that artist. And it takes but time it's just, to sit down and so listen much to music. a like, That's what I'm album saying, like, I sit with an album for, like, a week at a time. Like, the Post Malone album, I listened to it last night. I've listened to it four times since. Just yeah. to find songs Consuming that I like. Music is like kind of getting trivialized. Like it used to be, like you sit with an album and then you like you keep. First, you had to go to the store to purchase it. That's what I'm saying. Like, and like you heard the single on the radio first. You didn't know what anything else sounded like. There were no leaks. You had to go to the store and purchase it right. and come home and have a DVD player and enough time set aside to sit and listen. And even then, like back back in those days, like CD days, like any takes after one listen to an album is not credible because like mm-hmm. your first impression of an album is no, different from how you like. Not. It takes me like two months to really know what I think of an album. Exactly. Like it yeah. took me two months sitting with Blonde to be like, oh, this is my favorite album in a decade. That album. You know? so it, and like it, I liked it at sh- first, but like I didn't really know until I had listened to it like two dozen times. 
Yeah. Right. Until um, you can like really listen. And it goes to yeah. show, I like, cried if, first like, listen. If an album comes <laughs> out on Monday and there's reviews, there's three reviews on it on Friday. Like, did they really consume the album? Yeah. yeah. No, they yeah. just they listen really to it like top to bottom and like. Like, if you're gonna call it, if you're gonna do it off your first reaction, title it first reaction. Right. And I like that um, Sean C, he's a YouTuber that I watch consistently. He's explicit enough to be like, all right, guys, I've heard like a few of the tracks because they either leaked or they were like radio signals or singles. But this is my first reaction. I'm listening to it as I'm recording. That's, this a, video. that's a really smart yeah. idea. Like just yeah. tell people straight up, like I've only heard this once or this is my first time. Don't call it a review, but you've heard it twice and then you went to the next artist yeah, like, it, it, like, it doesn't even make sense because music is meant to be listened to over and over again right. mm -hmm. it's not like a movie or a book <laughs> where like yeah if you love it you can watch it you like cannot internalize it times. properly after listening no one time. it, it's yeah. like impossible like it's music it, it music often becomes background noise too if you're not really paying attention they come become like it comes like a background noise for every mm -hmm. task you're doing so it's like it's, it's not something that's like engaging all of your senses like like a movie would anyway so like the way if you listen to an album once you're not going to internalize it the same way if you watch a movie and sit mm -hmm. through two hours of yeah. a film and a story and like music journalism started with like rolling stone and that was a monthly magazine so yeah. they would have like yeah they'd have a decent amount of time to listen to it yeah but yeah. now that everything's online they expect you to put out some shit like the day after mm -hmm. yeah, like if not the same day some I've, I've seen some same day reviews and i'm like bro how really? the fuck like this <laughs> dropped at Any, midnight sorry. you're dropping this at 10 a.m what are you doing Any take that that early just like what like how like what are you speaking off of like there's no way you really internalized and an album after consuming it and the medium through which you consume it is also important because if you right. listen to a good album through shitty speakers you're not gonna have a good opinion of it exactly yeah. or shitty headphones that's why if i'm gonna listen to an album like when i listen to igor i laid in my bed 11:59, it dropped downloaded it shut the lights off headphones in full blast listen to it I was writhing in my bed like a child who just got candy or some shit because I was just so excited by the sounds I was hearing. And I made sure to have good headphones. And even later on, as I was listening to the album, there were like pieces of just background and like nuance in the music mm -hmm. that I hadn't picked up initially where I'm like, this guy's a fucking genius. Like, how many times did you layer your vocals? Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's, there's just things you can't hear the first time around. Right. And often, like, you don't know the proper context to be listening to something mm -hmm. like, after you hear it. Because, like, when Iger came out, I downloaded it and, like, you know, I run. So I was like, okay, I'll listen to this during a run. And then, like, five minutes into the run, I was like, no, this isn't the same. Yeah, this, Th is, this yeah. is not it. Like, maybe the first track, you can, like, run to it. But once, like, Earthquake comes around, yeah. it's like, mm, this like, isn't okay, something I, I should run to. I got to, like, table this for later. Like, yeah. At so least you have the self-control to do like that. Music becomes like a background for your, like, whatever task you're doing. So, like, yeah. wherever, if you listen to the to it in the car, like, during your, like, commute, like, it might be more interesting than when you're, like, listening to oh, yeah. it at, like, Absolutely. with people. Like, you know, like, you're you're simulated less, so, like, the music is stimulating you more if you're, like, in the car. Yeah. And, like, Flower late night Flower Flower album listens are amazing. Like, Flyer Boy is a perfect driving album. It's meant yeah. it's se it's sequenced as if it's a drive. Right. There's sounds of him driving his That's McLaren true. in yeah. it. One time I was coming home from work at like one o'clock in the morning. I was listening to Flower Boy and I got pulled over. So <laughs> now I don't listen to it in the yeah. car anymore. Damn. <laughs> once Who That Boy comes on, it's like ah. Yeah, once that if I'm going ninety and a fifty listening to Who That Boy, mind your business. Like <laughs> basically, basically. Dalvin, you want to get on the mic? What was your song in the summer? Uh, yeah, for me personally, um, my song of the summer so was basically any song that was on Pierre Bourne's <laughs> yeah. uh, The Life of Pierre 4, his, yeah, uh, his mixtape. Loki, I think he's one of the best younger producers out there. I yeah, mean, he, he's produced both of Playboy Cardi's debut album and his debut mixtape. 
uh, that came out. Well, debut album came out last year, mixtape before that. Like, it's kind of versatile because there are songs where, like, okay, I could listen to this on a run or, like, working out or something. But then also there are songs where I could just really, like, listen on, like, a late-night bus ride or on train or something like that. And it's, like, very – and it just kind of, like – very much blends into the background, mm-hmm. like the production is yeah. so sick. No, Every I, yeah, I think song he's like flows well together. I think he's like the rare person, like rare like contemporary musical personality where you, you can say like he's a genius. That's he's, like he's that's a, how high. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that like trap production, he's really good at it. But like he's the type of person where like if he got into any type of genre, he'd be like a genius. He'd probably be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of connoisseur at it. Like he's his, his level of musical like knowledge is like apparent in the way he structures his songs and the way he mixes his because like. A lot of people think like, okay, trap music is just like a couple patterns. You can really just make it in like a couple minutes. No, like, it's, and it's very true. deliberate sometimes. And it, honestly, like I make music, so I know it's true to like make a mm-hmm. trap beat in five minutes. And anyone can make shit that like you can just bop your head to. But like, where's your nuance? You know, Pierre Bourne has that nuance. He has like, like you said, like you can listen to that shit in like a, a late bus ride, like yeah. a late night bus ride. Like it's really atmospheric, but like it bumps too. You can put it on mm-hmm. the party. You can put it on late at night because <laughs> it's like it's so nuanced and slow tempoed some of the songs are like some of the songs are faster some of the songs are slower but like the layering and like the mixing and like the like the just like the attention to detail and like having like one snare like off beat sometimes and like you know like making it not sound ro- robotic and like making trap like lively almost yeah no that's so true because like yeah like i've listened to pierre born like drinking with friends and i've like also done it while like reading like dense like fucking right, like yeah. political theory <laughs> for like, real it's like the most versatile sound yeah definitely i wanted my i want my music to be able to be the background of a world star fight compilation <laughs> as well as like diverse and like soft enough for me to play in the background while my mom is cooking right I want that dichotomy. I like to listen to music <laughs> that makes me feel like I'm in a movie that I could like picture like yeah. some like. Somebody said Ooh. that Pierre Bourne, every everyone of Pierre Bourne's lyrics are like are like oh nine Facebook statuses, <laughs> 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 where he says karma, karma, bitch, wait, that was my bitch, or he says <laughs> no, he says um I don't wear like I don't wear Adidas, I'm just trying to do it. Uh, or he's yeah, like I don't, ch- I don't chase lyrics. no pussy, I'm just a cheat, like I I'm I'm not no cheetah, I don't chase no pussy or something. No, that's mad accurate because on the first track, <laughs> literally the first few bars opens up with um, Girl Meets World, You Could Be My Topanga. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, what was it? It's like, I, I don't want to fall in love with a stranger. Girl Meets World, we got history like Feeny. And I'm like, dude, what? Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> like Feeny? Chef's kiss. All the songs, about, all the songs are about like hoes, too. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> I I want to just touch quickly on like um, how you were saying music music can be atmospheric. Uh, the first time I listened to Blonde, it was the morning it dropped. I remember vividly. I was in some like raggedy ass pajamas, just a tank top on, and then my pajama sh- uh, pants. And the album drops. I watch the Nike video. I pour I'm pouring myself a bowl of cereal, Honey Nut Cheers, you know, because like. It's good yeah. for your heart and shit. Absolutely. <laughs> Healthy balanced breakfast. Yeah. For real, for real, real Not shit. sponsored. Not sponsored, not sponsored. Holla at me, though. <laughs> and I sit down, and I'm just watching the video, and my eyes are welling up, and I'm like, bro, he hasn't released shit in, like, four fucking yeah. years. I listen to the rest of the album. I'm super happy. Once, I think it was after a breakup, I was listening to Godspeed while pushing carts yeah. at Stop and Shop. Cause that's where I work at. I'm customer service now. Cause you know, like this level city shit, boy. Right. <laughs> and I'm pushing carts and it's like 8 PM. It's in the fall. The sun's like setting. Godspeed is playing in my headphones. 
and I am an emotional fucking wreck. I'm just like, bro, I'm not crying, but it feels like my I, eyes are just I, sweating. I, I'm just, I, my eyes are sweating. <laughs> now I'm like trying to avoid cars in the parking lot with the fucking cards. And that song hits so deeply for me because of that album. I tell people like when they're leaving, I say Godspeed. Mm-hmm. I say Godspeed. That just the idea of like unrequited love hurting, but you being happy it happened anyways. Just that album, it's it's brought that out of me. Like even if some shit's not to go the way I wanted to, just because I had that moment, I'm happy it happened. Like self control will forever hit different for me. Anybody can listen to it in a context. I could be the happiest I can possibly be. If self-control comes on, I'm in my bag immediately. My Frank? Yes, immediately in my bag because it encompasses a relationship I was in. And it was just so real for me. And I'm like, fuck. Like, come on. Don't do this to me. (laughs) Yeah, all of Frank's lines are, like, so, like, poignantly realistic. It's like, damn, like, my dad would say that to me. But, like, Yeah, yeah. My dad wouldn't say that to me. It's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, that's so interesting you bring that up because, like, because Frank releases music so, um, like, infrequently, Mm -hmm. you really do hang on to every word he says. All of them. And it is, like, whenever I hear, like, someone who grew up in, like, the 50s, like, talk about their dad, how he's like, yeah, he he never spoke ever (laughs) to any of us. But when he did, you would just, like, hang on to every word. That's kind of how I feel with the Frank Ocean. One time he said, pass the salt. That shit hit different. <laughs> it was at Thanksgiving, 54. I was nine. Yeah, I need music I can, like, really deeply relate to because then it makes listening to it much better because mm-hmm. if it's just music, I could, like, bop my head to, like, it's not really, like, what's the point? Like, I don't want to, like, waste, not, like, waste my time, but, like, mm-hmm. I want to listen to something that's going to, like, resonate with it me. It also provides, like, a like, soundtrack not. to certain eras of your life. Right. Like, yeah. there's certain albums that remind me of exactly. years there or summers. I'm like, all right, that, that like, was that one. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think about like just this one period being like classified by this one album I was always listening to. Like like when I first got to the US and I was like just getting used to shit, Ty- uh, Teo Cruz, what was it? Um, uh, was Dynamite. Throw, Dynamite, throw, throw, bro. Yeah. That was my shit at I, one point. Nine-year-old Julio, dance, when that song dance, came dance, on. Dance, dance, I'm wearing, I'm wearing my favorite pants. I'm like, I like these pants. Like, these I'm are, wearing these all are my great. favorite brands. Like, come on. <laughs> Like nine year old Julio, that was that was my shit. I remember vividly when I first got to the US and like hearing that song. I'm like, this is amazing. Like Drake's song, um, Over. I remember hearing that in the car with curse words, and it was the first time I was like in an in the American context listening to rap music with adults and there were curse words. It was my they were my cousins, but they're like old enough to be considered like my aunt or uncle. So there's curse words in it and I'm like, Oh my god. So whenever I hear that song, I just remember like one late night drive back from like Dave and Buster's with my cousin and her her then boyfriend, because that's the first time I heard it. I just live my life through music. I love how music does it has that effect though, like time machine effect. Hey, word, we're gonna take another break and we're gonna play Joji or Sanctuary by Joji, which was Joe's uh, song of the summer pick. Mm-hmm. Let's play that real quick. Something I want 
Joji Sanctuary Joji. I think you have the best radio voice here. <laughs> oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we're just going to wrap it up now. Um, this has been Press Play. Uh, I'm Joe, the features editor for Snowy Big Press. Also, check me out in the outline. I wrote an article <laughs> about uh, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Plug, plug, plug. Um, they pay me this Saturday, so thank you for them. I'm, oh, also, I'm feeling especially still grateful. high on the clout. Yeah. Hey, guys, f- follow my SoundCloud, Barty Chuck. I make good music. I have nothing to plug. <laughs> Oh Read, go to sbpress.com. Do that. It's a nice website. Word. It's definitely up and running. No problems nope. ever. Never. We've never had one problem. There's lots of good stories Bye. in there. Super fire, man. <laughs> like, we don't even know what hiccups are. Technical problems? Never had them. Um, there's a lot of fun music things coming this semester. So look definitely. out for Word. that. This will be like um, the first episode of the new season of the Press Play podcast. We're actually um, coming back. You can... Listen to us on SoundCloud. Just search Stony River Press. Uh, listening to us on iTunes, which will be going up pretty soon in the next couple of weeks. Oh, Same snap. thing. Just search Stony River Press or Press Play, and you can listen to your phone, uh, iPhone, whatever app you use to listen to. Pocket Cast is great. I'm Dalvin, the managing editor. You can follow me on Twitter at Dalvin and Hobbs because I'm I'm a whore for Twitter followers. Honestly, <laughs> not gonna lie. Check out our articles at sbpress.com. Stony Brook Press on literally all socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And also, if you're a student on campus and you're interested in joining us, we have meetings at Wednesdays at 1 Campus Lifetime in SAC SAC 307K. Uh, Come through, talk with us, talk about your ideas, or, you know, just come and chill. Or send us an email. Word. That's (laughs) (laughs) B-A-R-T-I-C-H-A-K. That's my Twitter and Instagram, too, so. Follow me on IG. Julio, J U L I O underscore T A K U to see the face behind the voice. <laughs> I'm the music editor. Deanna and I are going to be amazing. We're going to do great things this semester. So stay tuned and that's all. Godspeed.